You know what? What? It's time. Yes, it is. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Kaniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we are back with another episode of the Kaniac Report. We've hoped you have had a nice weekend. And Sam, preseason is over. And now we're going to be having the regular season starting Wednesday with the home opener against Ottawa. Not a pushover team. Not a pushover team, but a game you still should win. Exactly. Because Carolina's got the better defense. They got the better goaltending. The offense, maybe you can put in Ottawa's column, but I think even then, Ottawa is very top, probably top line heavy. I think as they continue to go down their lineup, they're not as good. Yes, because we know they have Tim Stutzel. We know they have Brady Kachuk, Tarasenko, who Stutzla. probably it's will Tim be Stutzla. Tim Stutzla. Okay. Uh, but we know they also have Tarasenko, which I am guessing he's going to be booed. We need touches. The better park. be booed. I'm gonna boo his sorry little ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. I think we all saw your reaction. Not just me, but the listeners to that. I remember that when that was live too. Pissed me off is what you did. Yeah, uh, it didn't make me happy either. But that's that's how hockey is sometimes. So yes, uh, this episode, what we're gonna be doing: NHL news, Canes news, and then for the meat of this episode, we're gonna be having our top five questions. Top, sorry, top five questions heading into opening night. And basically, opening night is the start of the regular season. Um, there are tons of questions with the lineup. Um, I know, especially with preseason, I know there was a particular player on my questions that I have a question about. <laughs> but uh, we will get to that. But first, before we do anything, for the episode for the home opener, since this is such a big event for us Canes fans and for us, uh, we will be releasing an episode uh, for that game the uh, next evening, not the next morning, uh, because it, it really is a big event. Um, it, it is kind I mean, it's, it's an exception to what our rule was. If you listen to the last episode of me running down the... Uh, schedule of episodes for the upcoming season but um just for the home opener and for sam and i's sake uh, we're going to be doing an episode the next evening so the next morning yes yeah it's just going to be how that works we're getting there at different times we're going to just go enjoy the game we'll send out some tweets probably during the game but overall normally there are some games where we just prefer to kind of enjoy the night. This is just one of them. You know, probably mean we'll see. Again, you'll probably get some tweets during the game, but if you're not there. But in general, there are games where we're just going to go and enjoy it and not really cover it per se. But um, this is going to be just one of those games where you'll get a you'll get a recap. It'll just be a little bit later. Yes, it will. And I mean, there's going to be at least one tweet. During the game, yeah. and one, you'll, I, you'll I do getting, the Instagram story. You'll be getting stuff no matter what, as is each period after each period for sure. Yes, definitely. So that's just going to be the schedule for the home opener. Again, it's an exception. We're still going to be doing um, episodes the next morning if the games are um, are before 
8.30, basically. Yes. Uh, but if they're after 8.30, you'll get them the uh, evening after. And that really works well for both of us, Sam. It just does. It does. And I'll even quickly just run through the schedule of this month for the Hurricanes so you guys will know what games we'll cover. It's road-heavy. It is road-heavy. So we're not going to be covering Wednesday, October 11th game that night because it's a home opener. The next game is that Saturday against L.A. at 10.30. We will cover that game. It is a weekend. Um, that shouldn't be a problem for us. We're usually up late on Saturdays, so that won't be a big deal. Yes, but um, the episode will be released Sunday uh, evening because it's 10.30. Um, we like to get our sleep. And even though it is a weekend, um, it'll be released the next evening. It, again, it just works for, for us. October 15th, 8.30. That's, I think, what did we say? 8.30 is our time, so that game will come out that next morning. Well, 8.30 and later is the is evening. Okay, so yes. next evening against Anaheim, October 17th, 10.30 start. That's a Tuesday. That is definitely coming out the next day. Um, the Thursday, October 19th, that's again Seattle. That one will come out the following day again. That's a late game. October 21st at Colorado. That one's at 9. Ooh, that might just be to see how we feel. It's a Saturday. October 24th at 7. There you go. This one is at Tampa Bay. This one will come out the following morning after we finish up and finish up the long road trip in Tampa. Uh, Thursday, October 26th is a home game against the Kraken. That's a 7 o'clock game. We'll be there. We'll cover that game too. It's it's a not a big deal. Um, we're not planning. Um, we'll have the game against the Sharks. Pay attention. If you listen to the podcast again, you get heads up. We're planning a giveaway for that game, so all those who listen know to look for it. If you don't listen to us, well, you're not going to get a heads up for it. So Yes, we're doing something a little bit different for the giveaways, but uh, we, we, we want the people that uh, uh, stay to the end of the episode to really have the benefit of uh, getting uh, those giveaway tickets a yes. chance yes which is why we make let you know to pay attention on the podcast we don't tweet it out because you listen and you pay attention to us that's what matters and that's going to be the same time that we'll be doing a live stream with the network yes 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 so if you go to the game enjoy it if not you can watch us talk about the game um on that night october 30th at philadelphia um that's a seven o'clock game monday we'll be covering that one the following day as well uh it's halloween is it not uh no halloween's the 31st okay 31st so it'll come out the hall it'll come out halloween um so that's october you'll be getting one two three four at least four games guaranteed covering uh night of um some of those later night weekend games that'll be more along the lines of just how we feel that night but for the, just don't just expect it the night after but um, the, the evening after, right? Evening after podcast. <laughs> like Adam's morning after. I, I don't want to put weekend games as an exception for morning. I just think I'd just be a little bit too complicated. So just 8.30 or later, expect it the next evening. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, yes. There are no more preseason games. So all from here on, it is regular season. So it's going to be exciting. So you know how things worked in the playoffs. We covered every game. After every game, and you had episodes. That's basically what we're going to be doing here, and everything that's eight before anything that starts before eight thirty. That's how this is going to go. So, if you're curious of the format, that's how it's going to go. Yes, and there are going to be certain episodes where you might just hear me, certain episodes where you might just hear Sam. 
Yes. But you're never going to know. We like to surprise you. <laughs> we do. And again, pay attention to the game against the Sharks. I'm yes. just saying, pay yes, attention. Definitely. Pay attention. Keep a lookout. Those who listen to us, get the heads up. That's always how this is going to go. From now on, you listen to us, you get prioritized. Yes, definitely. And it won't be in the notes in the episode. So you're not going to know if you just try to look to find it. You're not going to put it in there. This is always going to be, you listen to us, this is how this is going to go. I'll be sure to not put in the description. You know I do the descriptions. Yes, don't put it in the description. Those who listen to us get priorities here. That's how we want this to be. Now for people to just scrub through the episode. And find yes, it. exactly. Even though that still counts as a download. So, um, <laughs> But unlike other podcasts, Sam, we don't post it all the time. No, we don't. Um, so let's get on to news. Uh, Sam, there were quite a bit of news, um, both NHL and Hurricanes, because we're going to be recapping uh, uh, our games, kind of a Cliff Notes version of them. But uh, first news, Sam, uh, from the NHL, Brandon Sutter, he retires. Uh, the reason why I wanted to mention that is because some of his best games, I would say his best cr- Best games were with the Hurricanes because yeah. after that he kind of derailed. He his best seasons were with Carolina. He had a couple of okay good years in Pittsburgh. Um, I loved Brandon Sutter at the time. I was actually not happy with the trade, if I'm frankly honest with you, because Brandon Sutter was one of the first players um, I really became a fan of <laughs> when I was younger. Oh, so I, I was, I was great. upset. Yeah, I was upset too. But considering we got Jordan Stahl. And just knowing, looking back, I thought that was a great trade. And it turns out that first round that we sent with Brandon Soder didn't pan out at all for Pittsburgh. Derek Pouliot was the selection, (laughs) and he didn't really do much in the NHL. So that's what you have to look at, too, right? So it's always great to see. And from that point on, I love the idea of, the Stahl brothers playing together, and anyone who knows this podcast knows I want it to happen again. I would love to see Mark, Eric, and Jordan all in Carolina. I think Mark coming here is a – it's never going to happen because Carolina has so many defensemen. Um, I mean, maybe if you wanted to bring up depth, but we have so much I – mean, it, really, it just doesn't make sense, right? So would love to have had that happen. I do think it's possible for Eric and, and Jordan to play together again. But we got to see it. It not be successful, right? And I don't blame that on Eric or Jordan Stahl. I blame that on the fact that this team just never got the pieces it needed to really make that step. I blame it on coaching staff. Um, Kirk Muller just wasn't a good coach. And that's what stay just, the course. Yeah, stay the course. Um, if you're listening, uh, Mr. Wallace, uh, we know you love Kirk Muller. He's your favorite coach of all time. <laughs> um, if you listen, Bill Peters was not a good coach either. He abused the players. Um, so Carolina went through a, sp- a spurt of just not good coaches because in the Hurricanes history, it was Paul Maurice, Peter Laviolette, Paul Maurice, Kirk Muller, Bill Peters, Rod Brindamore. So our best coach really wasn't. Your, um, our, our best coach Paul Maurice yeah I mean Paul Maurice has the most wins of a Hurricanes coach I think he still has that 
But that's more. He could. But I think that's going to be based solely off of tenure. He was here for a long time because he had two stents with Carolina, and he was pretty successful as a Hurricanes head coach. He got yeah, early two thousands, early two thousands Stanley Cup finals. He was let go a few seasons later. Peter Laviolette came in, does what Peter Laviolette does, gets the most out of players for several years, wins you a cup, or gets you pretty close. He's out because he's he just doesn't change. So after teams figure it out, it doesn't work anymore, and he still won't change. Laviolette out, Paul Maurice back in, gets you to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then he goes on a couple of seasons to the point where it's so bad that the fans are chanting, the Mo must go. Uh, Paul Maurice out, Kirk Muller in. Uh, Muller did not work out very well at all. I don't think at any point in time did he have a winning record. No, he didn't, but he wasn't really handed a great roster at the same time. No, he wasn't, and I think at some point he'll be a pretty decent coach. Um, he's always been circulating around coaching job yeah, opportunities. Yeah, and at some point he'll get head back. coaching. Yeah, no, at some point he'll become a head coach again because he's a good guy and I think he deserves a shot. He may just need to be seasoned more as an assistant. Um, and then you had Bill Peters who got you close, and I won't take that from him. He was not a good guy, but he got you close a couple times. Um, and then he went to Calgary and he was successful there. So it's not like Bill Peters couldn't do it with the right group of guys, but there just wasn't a, a respect, I think, in the locker room given the situation here in Carolina. Um, I'm never going to look at Bill Peters the same way again, though. Just... Well, I didn't look at him the same after I saw him in that stupid Connecticut water in, water commercial. Oh, my gosh. But... <laughs> and we went past that, too. Remember yeah, yeah. that? Yeah. Um, and then you got Rod Brindamore, and... I just think if you had Rod as a coach, I think the Eric and Jordan experience would have been a lot better for both of them. And then you heard Adam and I talk um, in the last episode, Eric and Jordan Stahl deserved a better yeah, they did. situation. But all that to say, Brandon Sutter was an exceptional hurricane. He was the true, he was our only true number two center for a very long time. And then, I mean, he was just excellent in Carolina. Shut down guy. He produced offensively here to a fan favorite. Fans were not happy when he was moved. Um, but all the best in retirement. He was not healthy. And he decided it was best for his health to retire. So I'm wishing him all the best in retirement and that he'll get healthy and continue to just, you know, get better and move in the right direction. He had COVID. COVID serious. If you get it, some people just do not recover the same way. He yeah, had long COVID. I mean, look at Tavo. He hasn't played the same since he had COVID. And that was two I, seasons Yeah, I agree. Ago. So, I mean, sometimes it just doesn't work. And Brandon Sutter is just one of those players where he was older, he got COVID, and truly never recovered. And that's just an unfortunate situation. But I love Brandon Sutter. I'm always going to like Brandon Sutter. I do believe he played the longest stint with a club was with Carolina. So good for Brandon Sutter. Good luck in retirement. I had wished he had been able to have been more successful with us, but I think he had a pretty good career and he got to go to, go to a franchise like Pittsburgh. He was very successful. So 
Good for Brandon Sutter. Yes, definitely. Uh, the next piece of news, Sam, uh, the Anaheim Ducks finally signed their young guns. They needed to. Um, Jamie Drysdale, three years, $2.3 million contract. Pretty decent contract right there, but the contract everybody's going to be talking about, Sam. Trevor Zegras, three years, $5.57 million contract. That is a steal. That is a win for Anaheim. And I learned a little bit about Pat Verbeek. Yeah, he is so, a tough negotiator. So I listen to 32 Thoughts a lot. Um, I love the hearing kind of the backstory here. Pat Verbeek is a very tough negotiator, like you said. If you listen to 32 Thoughts, Elliot Friedman talks about that. Pat Verbeek is like, he, he studied in the Steve Eiserman School of General Managing, right? Yes, he did. And I think that was in Tampa. So Pat Verbeek knows how to do it. And that's how Steve Eiserman does, right? And to be fair, Tom Dundon has done the same thing, right? He assigns a value to a player and does not waver from that. Yeah, but it started with Steve Eiserman in Tampa. Absolutely, it did. And other GMs and teams and owners have started to evolve that process, right? Some do it better than others. I think Carolina started off and they didn't do it quite well. We saw that with Ajo. That almost failed pretty bad for us. They learned from the offer sheet. Yeah, they did. And you're looking at a general manager who vow, who took advantage of the CBA, right? And he got secrets at 3.3 by 5.75. So I don't like the term. I, I, I don't like the term. I, I would You, you want to lock him up. So I don't know why they didn't offer him the money he wanted at the term that would get you through eight years. With Trevor Zegers, I would have done it because I think he's just a younger version of Ajo for yeah. them. And I think Very it's risky good. to do a 3 by 575 for the player and the team, right? Because he might decide, I didn't like this very much, and then be a hard ass on the next negotiating. And we heard that, right, on 32 Thoughts. Um, Drysdale, that's a whatever thing. He, he'll be fine. He knew he was taking a backseat. I think he was hurt quite a bit last year. He was going to get a bridge deal here, and that's good for them, too, and we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, Pat Verbeek's a pretty darn good GM, took advantage of the CBA. Uh, Don Waddell, take notes for Natchez. He's an RFA, too. Yes, definitely. Uh, so Anaheim definitely was busy on that front. Uh, Sam, uh, Gary Bettman, and the NHL had a Board of Governors meeting. Couple of notes here. One, cap should be coming up between four to five million dollars for next year. That's very good for us, considering the amount of contracts that are going to be unloading. Yeah, I think Carolina's got a thirty thousand, thirty million projected. Thirty-one cap. million. So projected. thirty-one plus the four and five, you're looking at thirty-five, thirty-four million extra. Well, they so already factored that they in. They did. Cap friendly did. So thirty million. So that helps a lot. Yeah, it does. So good for um, good for them. <laughs> uh, that's going to help out the Hurricanes quite a bit. So um, I am... It, it's good if you're trying to get Pesci or Shea. You need that money. Because it's going to... You're going to assume, when you look at who's up, you're going to you're gonna probably re-sign Natchez. You're going to re-sign Jarvis. It's just a matter of what's going to happen with Shea and Pesci. And that 4 to $5 million is going to make probably the ability of getting maybe one of them plus everybody else done possible yes definitely uh and there's already quite a bit of contracts carolina's gonna have to deal with like pesci 
Oh, with what Hesh you said, Shay, Shay. Tavo, you do you bring Ronta back? My guess is my answer is here is no. No, uh-uh. with Kuchetkov and Yevgeny Peretz, Carolina is going to have three goaltenders that can play in the NHL next year. I think Peretz is able to probably play in the NHL now and be successful. Fringe th- NHLer right probably. now, sure. And I think next year he will be an NHL goalie or capable of playing in the NHL. But most likely, he's going to be your minor league affiliate starter. Carolina will have a minor league affiliate next season. And they better. Uh, I'm confident that they will. Um, I think I heard something that they they really are trying to get an AHL team for next year. And they will. I'm sure they will. They'll make that work out and get that done. But that 4 to $5 million, that's a player. Or yeah, two. it definitely is. Seth Jarvis's contract is up. Uh, Nason, if he continues like he did yeah. last season, he's going to get a raise. Jarvis will make no more than four or five million at about three years because I think unless Jarvis comes into this season and gets 70, 80 points, he's going to only get three to five million and it's going to be a bridge deal to see if he can get up to that and then you'll offer him the long term deal. If they go long term, they won't give him more than Svetch. Yeah, true. Um, but I think Jarvis is potential. 70, 80 points, because I think he can be that good of a player. I think so, too. But, you know, if I'm giving someone now the $7, $8 million contract, I'm giving it to Natchez because he's done it. He's been the point-per-game player. So He has, but if I'm basic, this is going to be the season whether that was if I, Like I said, this is based off of last year. This is That's the player that I'm giving a long-term deal to. Do I think Natchez is on this roster in two years? Or next season. If I had to be honest with you, I just don't know. He's a wild card, man. Not because he's not good, but because I don't know what the management feels, right? Or the player. He wants to play center. Carolina's not doing that. So does he just be like, I don't want to be here anymore? Yeah. So you never know. We'll find out. Really, at the end of the day, is it just a matter of let's see what happens? And then you go from there. I like this team. I like the million. I like the the cap that we're gonna get. Um, but I think one of the biggest pieces of news from that meeting is that it's a matter of when, not if, we're getting another expansion team. Which is good because that means more money for the NHL, and that means the cap will keep rise. Going yeah, yes. keep going up. They're gonna sell one off. So now this is also. Are not- we gonna see a, an Atlanta Thrashers team, Sam? I would love. I, I love, love those that. jerseys. I really do. Uh, but I know Atlanta's in the bid, probably going to be. Um, Salt Lake City, I think, is going to be. I heard maybe Quebec, but I heard that could possibly damage the Montreal Canadiens franchise a bit. Or No, not damage is the right word. Devalue. Uh, but that's what I heard. But, yeah, Sam, that's exciting. Yeah. It, it really is. I would like to see Atlanta have a hockey team again. Oh, yeah, I would, too. So, yeah, that's kind of it for the NHL news. Now we're now we are going to get on to some Canes news here. And Sam, preseason is finished. Uh, we had two games back-to-back with Nashville, one at Nashville, the other here against Nashville, which was a, a lot better of a game. Uh, but we'll get to it here. Uh, Sam, the game at Nashville, that was a 5-1 to one loss, uh, contained mainly prospects and PTOs and Sam when you're playing a team like that against Nashville that's playing their NHL starting lineup you're not gonna win and I think every Hurricanes fan realized that but I think probably the thing that mostly alarmed Hurricane fans was Ryan Suzuki 
getting hurt. Zuki and Ungersorum got hurt in that game. But it seems like for Ungersorum it was just a cut, and he was able to get that repaired. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping Suzuki's fine. I have heard nothing on the subject since. So unless you've heard something else, I haven't seen anything. So preseason's over. That's good. But that's one of those things where it's like, that's just so stupid, right? Just so stupid to come with an injury like that at the end of the preseason where you've had a good camp, right? A really good camp. And, I are again, I don't this is where Adam and I don't agree. I think Suzuki's played better than Jury this camp. I do. I think I think Reese played better than Jury. I have not I'm not I don't like Jack Jury. I'm sorry. I don't like Jack Jury. Never been his biggest fan, never been a huge supporter of his. <laughs> don't think he's all that all that great. I think Suzuki has better upside. I think Jameson Reese has better upside, and I think Ponomarev has better upside. So unfortunately for Ponomarev, he's hurt too. He also hasn't been sent down. Jamison Reese was sent down today or yesterday. Gang was yesterday. So Reese gets sent down. To the AHL, I think yes. it was Springfield. Yes. So what happens now? So I don't know about Suzuki. He hasn't been sent down. My guess is here they're going to wait and see what's his health situation. Yeah, that just sucks for the player because he's gone through so many injuries. Uh, a little bit like... Patch already a little bit because of the amount of injuries. You just don't know if he's gonna. I did see it was. I did see. I think it was not a concussion. So that's no concussion. Anything like that, which is great. Um, but obviously, um, one of the past injuries Sam was was an eye injury. Although uh, we have seen a player Sam uh, for the Hurricanes that can play with one eye. And Manny Maholtra. <laughs> yeah, that's if, true. If uh, Hurricane fans remember that time. But um, that, that that just really sucks for Ryan Suzuki. I, I really hate that for him. Uh, but I, I, I just hope this is one of those things to where maybe it's just one of those injuries to where he's like, I am going to prove it, and it makes himself a better player. Sure. Look, Suzuki has been excellent. He has. Great goal, um, I believe. Uh, what was it? Uh, third period um, against, was it Florida. Tampa? Florida. 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 Yeah, that's third right. period against Florida. We were at that game. Then he had one and the horrible game against the Predators, but nobody really played all that good. But that was a great pass from Unger Sorum. Yeah, no, look, um, Unger Sorum has been, dude's playing in the NHL next year. And he's playing in number 36, which is one of my favorite players, and UC Jokinen, who wore that number. So I'm loving it already. So let's be honest. What does Unger Sorum being so ahead of development mean? It means that you're probably not going to keep a player that you have on your roster this year because Unger Sorum's on an entry-level deal. You're going to save money. All right? So if you have Teravine and if you sign Natchez, you sign Jarvis, do you keep Tavo with Unger Storm coming in? That was my question um, to uh, a active Hurricanes Twitter user uh, about Terravine and possibly out in the future. Not now. I don't think it makes sense to trade him right now, but um, I could see it in the future to where I think next year we could see Unger Storm being an NHL regular and you could see Terravine being on the outs, especially if he does not have that bounce back season that we're hoping. And I think we have good hope after the game after, which we can get into Sam hurricanes, one 
four to one against Nashville here. That was yeah. the final preseason game. That was an excellent game. Yeah, the two best players in that game were were Teravine and, and Bunting. <laughs> Teravine and, and was I so thought good. Orlov was yes. really good. Orlov too. had some fancy dance moves at the blue line to hit the puck in a couple times. Look, this team looks very good. It's preseason. This was them not trying. Yes, you do it think was a dress rehearsal. They yeah. weren't trying. They they were. It was more like let's see where the chemistry is. Let's try not to get hurt. Right. Martinook scared the snot out of me when he went down a couple oh, times. Oh, gosh. I like, was scared, too. Martinook needs to stay healthy. But, I mean, and I guess we can kind of... Look, it was a good game. Roster's now at 29 players. So, you sent some players down. But Peretz I guess, was sent down uh, today, as we're recording. Yeah, Peretz was sent down. Good goalie. <laughs> the Admirals are going to be a very good team this year. Um, oh, they are. I'm looking forward to seeing just the direction things go in. For him, he's going to be a good goalie for us. I really believe that. If Kachetkov, for whatever reason, doesn't yeah. work, you have Peretz. So you have two good young goaltenders in your system right now to the point where when and, and Peretz is here to time, you know, Freddie's contract. So Peretz will be playing in the National Hockey League when Freddie Anderson's done. So our, our goalies will be Peretz and Kochekov. That is the ultimate goal, I do believe, because we won't re-sign Anderson. He's older. He'll probably retire, especially if he wins a cup in Carolina. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And I'm looking at the um, updated roster yeah. right now. An interesting player that, to me, is still on that we have not really talked about is a Dominic Fensor. Small, very small defenseman. But, man, that guy can skate. That's the only thing that I've seen from him is that he can skate. He's a fast defenseman, but he is still on the roster. Along with Panamera, who's hurt. Um, you have Unger Sorum, who has been, to me, the highlight for the both training camp and preseason. And you also have... Um, apparently, Caleb Jones and Dylan Coughlin are still on here. Uh, Jones went through waivers. That's right, he did. Jones went through waivers. Coglin, maybe they'll send through waivers. I think they're trying to avoid that just because he's a younger player. They don't want to lose him for nothing. Yeah, I could see that. But, yeah, so that has – well, now we'll, we'll, the- we'll save our Tavo conversation for after this word from our sponsors. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boo Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 
21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Sam. So, five questions heading into opening night, start of the regular season. Um, I think we... I actually had quite a, when I was making my questions, I had several questions. So, yes, um, we will start, Sam. Um, I'll do, uh, I'll start with number five. You start, we'll start with number five. We'll go on a rotation type of basis here. So, one of my questions, to me, number five, and this was after training camp of preseason, but is Felix Unger-Sorn going to be with the team? So I, if if any of you listen to our friend Adam Gold, it sounds like he's not going to be with the team. Would I be shocked if they let him do a nine-game stint? No. I wouldn't either. If I'm management, do I do that? Yes, but here's why I do it. This is a kid who's going to make a roster next year. All things considering, right? He's clearly grown into an elite player. Right now, he's probably third, fourth line player. Do I think he's second or first line player potential? I do. You don't impress like this and make it hard for this organization to make a decision if you're a fourth line player. Right? Yeah, exactly. They're a dime a dozen. You can well, go potent- sign one. Potential wise. Yes. You know, do I give him the nine games? Yes. Because one, you have your road trip. It's good to have extra bodies. He's not going to play all the games, but he's going to play a few. Why do I do it? You make him hungry for what he's going to be playing for down there, right? Yes, definitely. So do it. I agree. I, I Look, I agree with whatever decision they choose to make because I understand the logic in both, right? He's not ready. Send him down. Let him get ready. Let him play nine. Let, let's do the nine game trial run because what's the harm? I lean more toward that school of thought because why not? You have a, you have an opportunity. Brendan Lemieux's here all year. He can slot in whenever you need him to. And he'll probably be in opening night. Sure. Or, or Unger Swarm if he makes it because you already have a forward out in Svetch. And Sam, I know he's going to be reevaluated uh, by the time this episode gets released, but um, I, I'm not too confident of Svetch. Um, be being on the roster or being on the lineup for opening nights. He very well could be, but I'm just not too confident. And nothing's wrong with that. Uh, I'd rather them take their time. Yes, I would. This team can win without Svetch in the regular season. That's not a problem. And we've seen that last season. And we have players who can play offensively if you need it anyway. Suzuki's an offensive player. Sorum's an offensive player. You have Teravainen who's going to play up. You're not in a position where you desperately need Svetch back or you can't win. You can win without, with or without him. If he's not able to play, he does not able to play. Not a big deal. In fact, I, in fact, if, if you have Ungersorum, um, honestly, unless he really impresses Sam, he's probably realistically only going to get nine games. Yeah. I think that is enough time for Svetch. To get healthy, because after that, you can probably plug 
Svechnikov into a lineup, yep. that could be a very good deliberate move that's slowly bringing Svech back into the lineup. And I think it makes sense to give him the trial run. I think it breeds a a desire in him to get back. Right? Dude, he's he just turned 18. Oh, I know. It's crazy. Weeks ago, he just turned 18. I mean, your 18-year-old you come into PNC Arena Wednesday night, starting lineup. What does that do for you? Right? It's oh, got to do something. That's great. Right? It's got to do something for you. So, my, what I. Is he better than Lemieux? Yeah, the skill's there. Do I. Obviously, you have Lemieux for the purpose of you can. You've got a player that. That you can put in. A right? lot of sandpaper, and you probably. Might put him in for teams that are a little yeah. bit more tougher on the physical side of things. Yeah, so he's your guy. Because he's only going to come in every so often. I believe you give Unger Sorum opening night and maybe three or four of the road trip games and you send him back once Svetch is done and he'll go and play this season in the juniors. Or they'll just send him down in a couple days. Yes. Well, you know what? There's no wrong decision here. There, I, I really don't think there is. There's no wrong decision. Obviously, the school of thought, I think we both agree in, is to let him play a few yes. games in the NHL. Because you you have a special opportunity here to do that, because if Svetch was healthy, this wouldn't be an option. Yeah, it really wouldn't. Because you're not going to not play Tavo. You're not going to not play Nason. You're, you're not going to put Unger Sorenman over them. Yes, Exactly. Uh, so Sam, what is your que- was your fifth question for this team? My fifth question is kind of I think the overarching question that the at the fans are going to have with this team. Well, having an eight NHL defenseman because this team has eight legitimate NHL defensemen, will that hurt players like Chatfield and Tony D'Angelo? Because if you're not going eleven and seven, which is the prediction they're going to do with chat with, with Svetch out. So instead of doing the Unger storm, they'll do 11 to seven, but that's not going to work when Svetch is back. No, and it's, it's not. not. And it's not sustainable. So is this going to hurt your, is this going to hurt? Is it going to foster competition? Is it going to foster breed frustration? Because Chatfield doesn't deserve to sit in the press box. D'Angelo no, can't sit in the press box because you brought him in to be a power play specialist. So you can't bench your guy who's going to quarterback, help quarterback your first power play unit. Or honestly, he is your quarterback for the first power play, right? Because you put Burns in on the one timing slot. That's where he's at. And then Orlov, and it makes sense, too. Yeah. And then Orlov's quarterbacking that second unit. So you're in a position of, oh no, Chatfield's the odd man out. Does he deserve that? No. Dude's a top four defenseman. But we're in a position where none of them are going to play in the top four. Orlov's top four. He's not going to play top four. D'Angelo's top four. He's not going to play top four. Right? I mean, right now, as long as Shane Pesci are there, which is why we've argued you need to move someone. Is this going to hurt? I mean, is it going to hurt? I don't know. I To me, I think the answer is wait and see mode. Just wait and see what happens. Because they're on one side, when you have this, I have this um, dilemma here of having great um, eight NHL defensemen on the roster. On one end, if it's really good, 
It's going to increase competition. It's going to be very good for the team. But on the other end, if it does not work out, there could be chemistry issues. So uh, I think management, I think, to me, I think all the way up to probably maybe Tom Dundon, because he's so hands-on on this team. I wouldn't be surprised. Keep an eye out for what the chemistry is in the locker room with those eight NHL defensemen. If the chemistry is not there... Someone's gone. Someone needs to be gone. I'm sorry. This happened with Jack Eichel in Buffalo. Anything can happen. Listen, I, I think there is great chemistry in that locker room with what Brendan Morris brings. Brought. Sure, sure. I really do. But I ain't assuming anything. Well, so when you get to this position, someone's gonna get frustrated. But someone could I, not. You you just never know. It yeah. It, it really I mean, is a flip of a dime. And who gets moved? Well, it doesn't sound like there's an appetite anymore to move Pesci. I feel like they don't want to move Shea because of what they paid for him. So does that mean you move Chatfield? But I feel like he's gonna be a cheaper extension than Shea and Pesci. I do too. So I think we're in a position where I think this team will be in a position where if things are clicking and they're working fine, but you know, you're not going to extend and maybe there's a little issue with the defensive core in the locker room. Maybe you get to move one at the deadline and turn it into an offensive piece. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Especially uh, if you have injury, cause you might have an injury at the deadline. Such could get hurt again, or maybe Natchez, right? I mean, or one of your defensemen gets hurt. Sure. And but you're covered is, there. And then this is moot, right? It doesn't matter. But even if you move one of your top eight defensemen, you got someone who can play. Caleb Jones can play. I, I wouldn't be freaking out if he had to play on that third pairing as you're in overtime in the playoff game. I'm not worried. I think he's very capable. And he had good chemistry with Traffield during one of the preseason games. And I mean, you got Orlov. I'm not worried, right? You got all these defensemen. If you move one, not a big deal, right? You move Pesci. Well, Chatfield slots in. And then if someone gets hurt after that, you got Coughlin. You got you got Caleb Jones. I'm not freaking out if Caleb Jones is playing the National Hockey League in a playoff game, right? I, 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 I'm not either. I really am not. Uh, but that kind of leads into my fourth question. Will Brett Pesci at some point get traded? Because he's obviously been the elephant in the room this offseason well, for the Hurricanes. But we kind of already answered that. This has been a question we talked about. So I think the short answer to this question is he will not be traded. Yeah, I don't think he's, he's traded either. And Which I'm surprised because I would have bet money at the beginning of the season he'd get moved. Or the preseason, he or the beginning of off season, he'd get moved. You know how conservative I am with my money. I'm not going to pay anything. <laughs> but is there a situation where I see him get moved? Yeah, if by the deadline, maybe there's not an extension. Yeah, but, maybe. But again, the team's in win now. I, I mean, you haven't. If you're moving arguments. Pesci, you're bringing someone like a Lindholm in, right? A legit top six. Like center. That's like the only center. reason that you're moving. You're not him, moving though. him for picks and prospects. You're moving yeah. him to get better. Exactly. Because uh, I just can't see this team trading him for a first round pick. I just can't. Uh, but crazier things have happened. I didn't think they'd be active at free agency. Yet here we are. Um, so Sam, what's your fourth question? My fourth question is, I think one that Adam Gold talks about. I think one a lot of people talk about. Can KK be a number two center? Can he mm, do that yeah. for this season? And I, th- I think it's possible. 
But I think that's also going to be a factor of do we move Brett Pesci? You move him Pesci, you're moving him for a top. You're moving him for a number two center, right? That's what the move is for. This team feels like they have enough offense to not have to worry about getting a goal score per se. But if you're moving Pesci, you're bringing a number two center in. So I think that question will answer does Brett Pesci get traded? I agree. Because if KK turns out to be not that number two center, or basically not that center that played the last half of that season, yes. which he was great, um, then I could see that being like, okay, yeah, we need to move Brett Pesci. And listen, this was just a preseason game. But personally, I didn't think KK was that good the last preseason game uh one where we won fought four to one as natural but it's preseason it's preseason um, yeah, yeah you never know but yeah that's definitely a question too not in my top five questions but definitely was a candidate um so number three sam my question kind of what you and well, not what you and Adam Gold discussed, but what Adam Gold did discuss. Uh, how is the goalie tandem going to work this season? You have three goalies. Uh, you can only play two during a practice. Somewhat, and, and, I mean, I agree with Adam Gold here. Um, you can't just let Kachekov not play anything. you got to get him playing, or else it's just... You're kind of wasting. Well, you're not going to send him. There. You're not going to send him to Norfolk because you want Yanni Peretz to play there. Hopefully, it's tough. But it really is, is. But is an AHL team, and Adam mentioned it too, is an AHL team that you're, it's not your affiliate going to play him. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't know. So, I, I, to be honest, I, I I think the talent talent that's in him. I think an AHL team is going to play him. If you just look at it, I think from a realistic standpoint, because he is a good goalie. I'm going to be. He has such high end. I think he is going to get played. But here's the thing. We've had this issue with Chicago, if you remember. I'm not. I'm going to be honest with you here. (laughs) I don't think they're. I think they're going to run with three. I I, I think they're going to run with three, too. But it's going to be interesting because. Um, after the lineup, you have, uh, what, three roster spots after that. If you use it with Kachekov, you're probably going to use another defenseman with Chaffield. So you have one forward spot left. Like, how does that work? And, Sam, that kind of goes into one of my previous questions with Felix Ungersorum. Like, how is that going to work? Because you can't do two forwards at defense. A, a defenseman and a goalie like that's exceeding the roster limit right there so i don't know and i think we'll have an idea in a day or two you know what i think they might send hunger storm down but you never know it to me it's very tough predicting this oh well, you're in a thing. spot where if if Svech is on ir you're you've got oh, true roster space, yeah that's so. right i forgot about that you got a roster um, yeah. spot available. Um, but my number three, it's kind of getting back to what's been like woven in and out of the podcast a bit, is what turbo do we get this year? Right? That Adam said it in his You're asking episode. all of my questions that I have on my five questions. <laughs> what turbo? So this is going to be a short episode already. <laughs> what turbo do we get? Well, I mean, let's be honest. That's the, Adam's right. He's the key to unlocking the potential of this offense because unlocking Aho. Yeah, on, uh, he's not going to really be playing with Aho, 
but but we know how good those two can play together cuz those two sure. if they're going to be very good together it's going to be those two and two other defensemen on the on a penalty kill unit so what do we get do we get the aho of last season then if so he's a fourth line player at best if we get the aho of the year before that or his general self again he's a top 6 forward and he's going to get 50 assists um that's the Ajo you need to have to win a Stanley Cup. Yes, definitely. Now, here's the thing. Teravine will probably be playing in a fourth-line spot, but yet I do think... If Jarvis struggles, you put, him up, you put him up on the first line and put Jarvis on the fourth. So you, 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 have, some, you have some wiggle room here, right? Maybe KK doesn't work well. Okay, well, we're in a pinch there. We'll slide Natchez over to the center spot for a game and put Tavo up on the second line. You're in a position where this roster is flexible enough that you can kind of maneuver it around. If Tavo's hot, you can throw him on that first line with Ajo and Bunting or put Bunting down the fourth. You know, you're in a position where you can move. The nice thing is you got Tavo and you can put him in where maybe someone gets hurt. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, they have it on the EA game of Bunting playing with Stahl and... Uh... <laughs> what was it, Stahl, Foss, or Stahl, Martinuk? I mean, hey, that's a pretty nasty... That's, that's a pretty nasty line. That's a nasty line. line so. I wouldn't... Hey, I, I'd love to see something and like I've that. Heard, That'd be I think, pretty cool. I mean, Adam talked about Tavo playing on that Stahl line, because he's a good defensive forward, and he'll provide yeah. you a little offense. So, I mean, I think it's possible, right? Yeah, it's definitely possible. Uh, so, Sam, you've kind of, we've already answered these two questions, but to me, my number two question was, how is this team going to handle eight great NHL defensemen? And my first question was, will Terry Vinan have a bounce back season? Again, we've already answered that, uh, but uh, those were my top five questions. What were yours? Well, Probably you're you're probably a little bit more creative than I was. <laughs> My number two was will the goalie stay healthy? Ah, so I did take your question from you. You did a little bit. You did take a little bit. Um, will the will the goalie stay healthy? Um, and I think it's important because you got three goaltenders that two of <coughs> them are made of sandpaper, and I think that's the reason why. You mean glass? Well, that's right, glass. My bad. But and I think that but I think that's why um, I think we're going to be having three goalies because you know Anderson and Ranta, if they make any lateral movements from one one end of the crease to the other end, they could get hurt, especially Ranta, and Kachekov to me is the only goalie that can make those lateral movements. I'm like, yeah, he's not hurt. He's fine. Yeah, so I think that's an important question there. Um, I think that'll determine some things, but I do believe this season for sure, if we want to cup, Kachekov's going to have something to say about it um, for that reason, right? Someone's going to get hurt along the way. Uh, and then my top question is, I think the question I've had the last few seasons, will the offense be enough? That's always a big question for this team because it has not been the last few seasons. It's been the Achilles heel of this team in the playoffs. You don't have a finisher. You still don't have a finisher on this team. You now, you could produce one with Jarvis or Svetch, but sure. right now you don't. No, and they, ha they haven't been finishers on this team, right? The year before, Svetch wasn't a finisher. Last year, he was hurt. I'm not going to take that into account. But do you finally get the Svechnikov you drafted? the natural goal scorer. And I think you need that. 
you need that this year. If Svech and Jarvis can be the natural finisher on this team, you will have produced it in-house, the best way to do it, and I think this team will be fine. But I need to see that, right? Right now, look, the team didn't change much, so obviously I'm skeptical, right? I'm a little bit. I'm with you. I'm a little bit skeptical too. So if I see at some point during the season that Hurricanes are going through one of those goal droughts, I'm not going to be surprised. I really am not. Not going to be surprised, but I'm going to recognize that this is preventable because you could have done something about it. Yeah, they could have. I, I really do. And so it's a matter of we'll see what happens. Opening night is Wednesday, Sam. We're recording this Saturday night because we got a busy day tomorrow. So you got a busy day. I got tomorrow. a busy day tomorrow. But we'll tell you the truth right now. We're excited about opening night. That's all that matters. This concludes the preseason. This concludes the offseason. Sam, like I said at the beginning, it is time to rock this house. Time to rock the flock. <laughs> so yeah uh, quoting one of my favorite comedians but yeah my adrenals will be adrenaline for the home opener sam and i'm sure you guys are going to be excited for the home opener i am so excited bring the noise bring the passion bring the booze for tarasenko i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah bring the booze for tarasenko we don't want to we make sure you're booing him we're gonna be booing him he's a jerk um, actually, I really don't know if he's a jerk or not, but he didn't sign here, so I don't like him. Um, <laughs> who chooses? Course. Who chooses to go live in Ottawa? Come on, man! Like you're so stupid. You're not gonna win nothing in Ottawa. Sorry, there's too many good teams in the Eastern Conference. You ain't gonna well, win Atlantic Division. Atlantic Division. In it's the Eastern be Conference, there's no. Uh, there is no team that Ottawa beats in a playoff series in this conference to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. There's none. Maybe I will eat these words, but I really don't think so. There is no team that Ottawa beats to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. So I don't know what you were thinking other than money. Uh, he'll, that's what he was probably thinking. But, uh, he, I mean, he didn't want to sign with us anyways, right when he fired his agent. But that's enough talking. I'll be doing Tarasenko. Uh, we will see you guys uh, Thursday night in reaction Wednesday, to Yeah, the, Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, sorry. Thursday I'm so excited night. for Wednesday. And also, uh, Monday night, too, we're going to first uh, Kane's Corner yes, event with yes, Brent Burns. Yes, 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 yes. So if you see us, say hi. Uh, yeah, say, say hi to us. We'll, we'll be with our friend from Kaniac Sessions, A.V. So. Yeah, so, and my dad's going to be there, yeah, too, because so he's a huge see, Brent Burns fan. You see us all, say hello. Please say hello. It'll be fun. We'll have yeah. fun. Sit with us. It's going to be very fun. See you guys then. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.